BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ramble. Pretty basic. Everyone, welcome to the Pretty Basic Podcast. The one that you've all been waiting for been like waiting for. I've been waiting for this for my whole life. <laughs> Josh. I'm not even kidding. Heck. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Woo! Woo! Welcome. Wow, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you guys for having me. This is the best. Um well, I mean, we've known each other for a few years now, which is crazy cuz we uh we did some mukbangs forever ago. Yes. We uh what else did we do? What did you guys eat? In and Out versus um, Shake Shack. That's what it was. Ooh, epic! And then your video was weird food combinations. <gasps> that was the end that of was an your air. jam that, for a that minute. Was my sh- yeah, that was my shit for a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, but uh, well, I mean, you know, also we have a podcast, and uh, we are so excited to have you. We ask our guests um, a few random questions. Uh, and we wanted to ask, what's your go-to drink? It can be anything. It could be non-alcoholic. It could be alcoholic. It could be um, <laughs> a juice box. You know, what are you into lately? Wow. Okay, great question. Deep, deep, <laughs> deep question. Right to the hard-hitting ones. So when my wife and I were getting married, I don't know if you guys know about this or like, I'm sure you do because like we're all at that age where we've attended way too many weddings, mm-hmm. but now this sort of thing is to have a signature drink like yes. Rick and Lauren signature mojito to love. <laughs> Romy's revival. <laughs> yes. My drunk alter ego is Romy. And anytime I throw a party, I have Romy's revenge and Romy's revival. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's in it. You just need the name. It could be just water. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Thank you so much. Wait, wait, but story time. I didn't expect a whole story time. So I, you know, I don't drink. And so they were like, well, we want to have a, a, a special beverage for you. Cause I think my wife did like a margarita. Cause you know, she's just like California girl that her family loves them. So they did that for her. And I said, you know, I was once on a jet blue flight. <laughs> <laughs> they had a signature cocktail that one very nice flight attendant was like, well, I could just leave the vodka out of it. It's like, it's like, um, uh, club soda with with honey and mint it's like a basically it's a virgin mojito and i was oh. like giddy up my friend i'm not driving let's, <laughs> let's try up, it out i'm not driving <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good that sounds really good i feel like you should do a whole mocktails like i'm gonna have to try that on cooking with remy yes oh my god a thousand percent i do love a mojito okay i'm gonna try that after we hang up this zoom 
Yeah. Right well, midday <laughs> mojito, you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, other than having mojitos um, and going to weddings, you know, you also are you know, kind of coming out with, you know, something huge right now. Do you want to uh, talk about that for our audience? Yes, I, I no have big a deal, show. guys. We have a star in front of us. Absolutely. <laughs> I I have a show called Turner and Hooch. It comes out July 21st on Disney Plus. And yeah, I mean, I'm re- I'm really just worried about my next mukbang with you, Alicia. But <laughs> I guess this show is cool too, sort of. It's wow. just the filler. You can't give them too many back to back. You have to have something in between. I my dream is to win an Academy Award and the next morning to wake up and get together with my friend Joe Volpis. Joe, and eat, we like, love Joe. A a just a disgusting amount of, you know, burgers and fries in his car. Cause I'm a man of the people. And no matter the success, it won't change the fact that I just want to eat bad food on camera. You know, <laughs> I, I, what more could you want? Right? That not, sounds not, like my not, dream. I mean, Academy Award. That Mug is Wing. my dream. I mean, you know, all of that. No, that sounds amazing. Um, congrats, by the way. I think, I don't know if people listening know how big of a deal this is, but I mean, Tom Hanks was the original. How does it, how does it even feel? Were you, how, how did the call happen? how did you get this opportunity? Like, how do you feel filling his shoes? Oh, that's a, it's a great question. I, it was very exciting. Like I, I love that I've been able to sort of live in both worlds between kind of the traditional TV movie stuff. And then also getting to do YouTube and social media. Cause I've never, I don't know. I've just never seen a real separation. Um, for me, it was always like, how do you make entertaining content? Even if, you know, you're not doing it in the traditional way that you grew up with. And so that's why I like ran towards YouTube and Instagram and whatnot, because it just seemed like a way to connect with audiences and to stay creative. And then, and I was really happy just doing that. And I did that for like two years. And then this thing came along and having a son and like, you know, as I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, you guys are the masters, like the beauty of YouTube, right? Is you set your schedule, you're the master of your universe, right? And to go back into that other world, you're very much at the mercy of scheduling and out of your control. And I, I was, I was like, I would love to do it again, but I hope it's, it's something that's really right and different Mm -hmm. for me. So when this came along, I was like, wait, I could be TV's generic Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. That's amazing. I feel like you are one of the very few traditional Hollywood actors who made such a seamless transition into digital. Like it just looks so natural. So when you when you had the idea, when you did start, did you do it all by yourself or did you hire like a bunch of people? Because I feel like a lot of people just hire like giant teams because they're like, I don't know what to do. And their content's great. But did you, were you doing it independently? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great question. I, I started out on Vine and RIP. RIP. <laughs> I just loved watching them and I would watch the comedian Will Sasso and, and people like Rudy and Amanda Cerny and like all my friends, like people that were, were crushing it on the app. And, and my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife Paige was like, yo, 
make one, see what happens. Yeah. It built so quickly. And I remember specifically, this was like 2013, which is crazy. It was a, it was a while ago. I remember kind of, I was at like this uh, crossroads, right? Because I was starting to get like a lot of attention for it, but it was so different than where I'd come from. And at that time, it wasn't as universal as it is now. Like, and it wasn't as, as uh, respected as having a huge social media yeah. following. It's just crazy because, you know, you said you ran towards social media and it's just such an odd thing to hear from someone who is established in the more traditional, you know, Hollywood, because there's been so many um, celebrities or just other people who really look down on influence or back then really probably looked down on it, where now it is a more well-known thing. Um or even how there's so many people who hire huge, huge production teams to give them a YouTube channel. And it's pretty obvious that they're not hands-on with their content, where I think it's super obvious that you've always been super hands-on with your content, um, you know, f- even from like the Vine era and everything. I think that's just, that's insane. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm interested to ask you guys, like, what do you think when you see someone who's super famous from movies and television who come over with that team and it feels like there's a separation, like that someone else is curating their content. Are you, what, I I'd love bad. to hear your thoughts about that. <laughs> I, I feel bad because I just, I see it as such a waste of money because it feels like they're trying to compensate with the angles and the cameras and the production when I'm like, the point of YouTube is just to connect to your audience. And I feel like the whole reason to do YouTube, they're like putting up a wall in between for it's just being another TV outlet. You know, it's not really being somewhere where they can understand what you have for breakfast or how you look when you wake up or that that intimate part of YouTube I feel like is missed um, when there are, when it is such a production. I don't know. I think of like my, for some reason, Will Smith is just in my head right now. And oh, his, he's killing it. His content is incredible, but you know, he's got 50 people yeah. just working on his YouTube. I do think it comes down to even like the person's personality because he's someone who, you know, he's always been, I don't know. I, I feel like his personality kind of fits that very random produced. produced stuff. He's a good host, I guess. I was going to say, know. I don't know much about Will Smith and I, not that I don't care to, but like I'm fine with how much I know about him and just being entertained. But I do love when like watching your content or people who come over to digital and I get to learn so much more about them. I think Shay Mitchell does a good job too of mm-hmm. learning more about her, but still being produced. But my favorite is content like yours where it's just, you're making it. It's so obvious. You're getting to learn so much about these people that you grew up with, these actors that you love and that you are inspired by and like knowing they're behind the scenes in their day to day. Yeah. I, I, I think you're, you're spot on with that. And, and you're right. It's like, I, I remember when Jack Black went to YouTube and it was literally like, you could tell he was just setting up a camera and, you know, jumping into his pool in his backyard. <laughs> and I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's a um, distinction anymore. Like my son will grow up watching YouTube and watching like the guys on Do Perfect and then maybe watching, uh, you know, Will Smith or, or, or some movie star. And he'll be like, yeah, both of those people live on my iPad. Like yes. they're yeah. not, there's That's not one that I see in a different place. Totally. Oh my gosh. Even, I mean, the way that we're saying traditional versus digital, like that even won't, that just won't be a thing because you know, whether you're watching Netflix or Disney plus or whatever, like it's still on the TV. It's still on the iPad. It's still, that's crazy. That's very true. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. 
what do you guys think like, cause you guys are so accomplished and crush it so hard in this, in, in this area. Like if there was like, like for me with Turner and Hooch and, and obviously acting has been my great passion of my life. It's the thing I, I've done since I was 10 years old and it like, it saved me in a lot of ways. So for me, it wasn't a thought to be like, okay, I'm going to go to Vancouver for nine months. Like I'm going to be away from Joe and the, and, and Jonah, who I film with, yeah. but it's okay. I'll take a break and then I'll, I'll revisit it. But if, if you guys were given an opportunity where you had to like, you didn't have time to do, you know, your, your normal sort of routine of content, how, what kind of thought process would go? Would you, would you even entertain it or would you, I yeah, think I'm I would interested. try. I would try to entertain it, but it's so crazy because it would be flipped for me more so. I'm assuming you too. Of like, this is our bread and butter, so it's we can't the leave exact this. Same like, sentence, if yeah. I if I leave this, you know, it's so awesome to get you know a movie deal or something like that. But if I go and do that and come back and no one cares to watch my stuff anymore, yeah. did I just ruin my whole career? Like, how does that work? Um, I'm so interested, especially with the acting world, because you do go on different like hiatuses for different times, or there is like a long period of time where you just don't have work, but then it comes back around. And, um, I think, you know, that's so, you you kind of really have to be secure in your craft and just know that you're talented and there's always going to be other projects and stuff. But I just get anxious thinking about like, I think that would be so hard for me because I've only done YouTube and I would be so scared it would go away and. I feel the exact same way. Exact sentiments. I know. I know the feeling. I was like, I mean, up until 20, like August, 2020, I was posting every single week and I was having like a full existential crisis, this idea of like, cause I was so grateful and to be going and doing this thing that I knew was right. And was going to be a challenge. And, and yet there was a part of me that was like, but what I mean, who, who's who who's gonna mukbang with me in Vancouver? Like <laughs> over Zoom, <laughs> you can make it work. Like we can make my, it work. you know, my wife yeah. Paige, Max, you guys, you know, you have your your fire content for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm leaving my people, and uh, it was it, it was stressful. Yeah, nine months. Oh my gosh. I was talking to Jimmy, Mr. Beast, and he was saying that he really doesn't think breaks affect your channel however just to make sure you have a really good video when you come back like that hurts you more when you take a super long break and then when you come back it's just a half-assed video or whatever um granted he is granted Mr. Beast is fine I know I'm like granted he's fine but I'm like okay cool so what I'm just you know showing some clothes how do I make that epic and not give away a million dollars every single video um but I did think that was give away three Ferraris just give away four Ferraris next time five one up it what's it like um you know you you touched on that you've been doing acting for so long how is it just the evolution of your whole career like how does that feel it's um yeah it's it's a great question I I really became an actor for myself you know I was like a single mom only child like we didn't have a lot of dough growing up I was in New York City I went to performing arts high school I started doing stand up comedy when I was ten so oh my god <laughs> there was what something were some off. bits what were the bits <laughs> about I need to know what was your ten year old bit. I made fun of my mom a lot, uh, pretty much everyone <laughs> in my family. It didn't endear me to them. 
I'll be honest. Um, And I, and so I sort of like always, I think it's a thing that saved me because there's so many, there there's, it was my, my guardrails were that I always cared about just creating content and about the work. I, I heard Jeff Garland, the comedian the other day talk about, he's like, I didn't get into comedy for the billboard. Mm. or for the great table at the restaurant. He was like, I got into comedy for comedy's sake to do the work. Wow, and that's that. the thing. Yeah, that, that's the thing that's always sort of kept me, you know, from deviating too much. And certainly when I was, you know, between 17 and 21, I was like a total cliche going to the clubs in Hollywood thinking course, I was like, I don't know, the next Frankie <laughs> Muniz. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he's doing. Oh my God. Oh my God. But inevitably, <laughs> I just always it. and that was why when like early on in 2013, as we were saying, like how people had certain judgments about the social media world, I I didn't even consider it. I, I remember I was really lucky. I had a buddy, my friend Rami, who was working for a company called The Audience, which was one of the first social media companies. And I started getting this big following on Vine and whatnot. And he said to me, listen, don't let anyone tell you what this is because I work in this business and even I don't know what it is, but to have this amount of people watching you and to have a direct connection with your audience, that's powerful. Do this. Don't give it up. And I think that's something a lot of influencers don't realize how rare it is because for years and years, you know, so many actors or celebrities weren't even able to say something to their audience without it being through the media or something. So I agree. It is so powerful, but now we're already so used to it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy too. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, I don't see it ever going back. And then like, it used Mm-mm. to be that like people on TV had like, um, you know, like they had a mystery about that yeah. and then they would like come and go. And now it's like, no, like um, Brad Pitt, I want to know what's in your fridge. Literally, <laughs> literally. But to them, they think it's so boring and we're like, no, no. give us everything. Every you, inch. Question on that. Do you think there will ever be an era like celebrities um, such as like Michael Jackson, even Britney Spears, where there wasn't social media? Like the way that they were so on top of like the celebrity world, do you think now with social media, it's going to be completely different. It'll never be the same. Or like, what are your thoughts on that? I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what celebrity looks like as far as like, you know, and I, I think like with, with award shows and whatnot, we're kind of seeing like the, mm-hmm. they're less popular than ever. And, and obviously like it's great to win the awards and the people who are winning them do great work. Yeah, it's such an honor. But yeah, it is interesting how you, before that was your only chance to see, you know, Kate Winslet or whatever, where now you can just go to her Instagram yeah. anytime you want, which is super, super interesting. Yeah, I just think that people, I, I think what is... I think what you guys do such a good job of, and even people like Mr. Beast to a certain extent, even though his content is so wonderfully curated, is there's a certain level of honesty and vulnerability that you can't take your eyes off of. And like, we grew up in like the 90s and the 2000s where like the image of a famous pop star, movie star was like perfectly curated. Yeah. What they presented was this like, they were like superheroes. Oh, they were perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but but the 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 jig is up like we know mm-hmm. that that's bs like we want to see your cracks we want to see your flaws i mean and we want to see you get botox to fill those cracks yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking of like watching my favorite movies as a kid and the only time i could really see the behind the scenes would be like on the bonus features of the bloopers reel oh, or I would something like that. that all the me time. too oh my gosh it was my favorite thing but now all my favorite actors are like having youtube channels i can see that every single day of my life which is incredible and i'm sure a lot of people who are growing up now also feel the same way was there a point in your career because obviously um you've been acting since you were so young so i'm sure what's been cool is getting older your audience also grows and people rediscovering you on social media and they'll freak out thinking oh my gosh i used to watch you all the time like how how was that for you oh wow it's yeah it's it's an interesting thing where people like you know, you read like, not that I Google myself ever, but when I Google (laughs) myself, (laughs) when you look at Twitter, people will be like, wow, I can't believe that like, you know, my little sister knows Josh Peck from YouTube and not from Drake and Josh. And then people will be like, wow, they'll know him from Turner and Hooch instead of YouTube. It's like, my son will know The Rock from Jumanji and not WWE Monday Night Raw. Oh my God, that's so, that's so interesting. It's insane, but it's, you know, it, it's a testament to people like him where he's like, oh, I'll redefine myself every 10 years. Yeah, so, like totally. keep evolving. Yeah. Wow. I think that's something that we always talk about too is realizing that there's different eras and there's times, even with content that you're producing where it, it's one thing and then over time, it's just people either want something different. You've also grown up and your life is different. And um, that's that's so interesting. I think that's actually like a really good reminder. How do you guys deal with, because I feel like the level of fandom when it comes to YouTube and social media personalities and is so specific because the pe- people really feel like they know you, mm-hmm. like they're in your life. And is what is what's it like in having those interactions? And like, do you ever worry, like, you don't want to disappoint people when they meet you because they have so much, they built it up so much when they finally okay. get to meet you. Every time I meet someone, as soon as they walk away, I turn to whoever I'm with. I'm like, was I nice? Was I nice? Because I just black out in the moment. I've, <laughs> I've done this for like a decade and I'm still not used to people coming up. I get so nervous Especially and Especially when you're drunk, you're like, was I nice? Was I nice? <laughs> was I nice? That's all I care about because I don't want to ever make anybody feel like I'm not obviously a nice person or just n- not what they built up in their head because the thing with YouTube and what we said is they they feel so connected to you and it's kind of um so I catch- feel like they feel more betrayed when they do have a bad experience oh, you know yeah. like if, if any celebrity was rude to me I would still be fangirling because I'd be like oh my gosh like I saw them even if they were like hmm I'd be like okay like that, whatever like I'm just so excited to see them but like if I went up to one of my favorite YouTubers who I never met and had a bad experience which I've had those that hurts more because you're like oh, I thought we were friends <laughs> <laughs> even though they know nothing about me <laughs> I remember one time I got one comment once that I wasn't nice when they met me and it in my defense, I had just had a big friendship breakup and I was crying and I think they came up and like, we're trying to talk and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't right now. And they were like, you weren't nice. And okay, was, but if you were it's sobbing. haunted me. It's haunted me to this day, you <laughs> guys. But I think it's a, it's a catch 22 because with YouTube, it's so nice because they do get to see so much of your vulnerability and behind the scenes and things that you don't normally know about a random stranger. But at the same time, it comes with this almost... I don't want to say entitlement because I feel like that's a strong word, but they just, they feel like they really know every inch of you, every bit of you, because they watch 
20 minute videos every day but obviously there's more than 20 minutes going on in a 24 hour day mm -hmm. so there's so much they don't see there's so much you obviously don't feel comfortable sharing with people but it's kind of hard for me sometimes to find that line of sometimes comments really affect me because I feel like, oh, they do know me so well. But then I remember, oh, they don't know all of me yeah. all the time. So that's what I struggle with. No, fully. And is there moments in your life where you, I, I, I laugh with actor friends where we'll talk about like challenging moments will happen, like emotional moments or whatever. And, and while it's like you're living in it, there is the slightest thing in the back of your head where you go like, oh, I'm going to be able to use this memory. <laughs> you're like remember this for that next time you're acting in a very similar situation file that for later content baby content <laughs> i'm like oh my god just that's another one in the tool belt yeah <laughs> but is there like a part two where you're reconciling like how much how much do i want to show even like those real life moments those yummy moments you're like oh my god this is gold but yeah what do you want to keep for yourself Yes. Um, our friend actually went through a very public breakup and she started dating someone again and she really struggled finding that balance. So we were having that conversation and she said that she really started to realize that there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. And it's okay to be private with certain things in your life when it comes to being on the platform. But if you're being like secretive or if you say some, I don't know, like being more manipulative with it in any way, like that's a difference. And I really, I appreciate, I'm sure, especially, you know, having your son, that was a huge thing that you're like, do I even post? Do I say anything? Like, do I want that fully to ourselves? Like, what do we do? You know, but it's such a big, obviously he's such a huge part of your life. Do you even address it? Like, like, how do you not and we, we talk vlog, or show about exactly, it? Exactly. I think about it all the time. I'm like we vlog our lives. If I, if I was to be pregnant right now, like, would I show that? And then like, just what if the kid doesn't want that? And oh my God, there's so much that goes into it, you know? I think I usually overshare personally. And then I'm like, ooh, shouldn't have said that. And then I kind of dial it back after. But I'm trying to learn moving forward to keep them, some things private. And it's okay to keep some things private. And you don't have to, maybe you only tell 10% of the details. But then they still know and they still feel connected. But you still have 90% to yourself. Right. No, I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. I I think it's all right. It's just your truth. Like mm -hmm. I remember, I, I think the other day they, I saw some, you know, some random clickbait thing of like, see what Gwyneth Paltrow's kids look like all grown up. <laughs> I was like, that's Apple. Oh, that's Moses. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're, they're so like, they're, the same. You know, so beautiful funny. kids. Like they seem so happy and normal. And, and I feel like, you know, I didn't see them since they were, a month old on, yeah, on whatever yeah. TV show or, or news was reporting. And then like with Max, I think originally, and I remember thinking about Casey Neistat when he mm -hmm. was like, I, once my kids kind of have faces at about a year or a year and a half, like I'm not going to put them on social media. And I tried to do that. And then I just was like a, a nerdy, proud Jewish father <laughs> who doesn't have a Finsta. And I'm like, I'm posting this. Yes. I can't help it. He's too cute. Um, exactly. But, you know, I was like, but I never was like, I'm going to have a family channel. And that was yes. just for me. I didn't yeah. want to, I, I wanted him to have anonymity until yeah. he could one day tell me like, no, dad, I want to be a part of something you're doing. Yeah. Totally. No, I love that. Since you've been doing all of this for so long, what's advice you would give to someone who's just now getting into this world, whether it's, you know, like traditional digital someone like like Olivia Rodrigo or someone who's just starting to get fame I think you're one of the few people who 
at least from the outside, you seem completely normal. <laughs> you know, you haven't been totally spat out by Hollywood and <laughs> turned, you know, <laughs> not I'm yet. Like the meltdown in my early 40s. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll aim really it for sad, that. And it's, re- it's weird when people in their 40s, 40s are melting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midlife crisis. <laughs> um, I, you know, I guess it's, it, it harkens back to what I said before. Like, it's just, it's got to be about the work. Yeah. And it's got to be about the journey because it's like we're gonna have a premiere for Turner and Hooch on Thursday uh like a a few days before the show comes out and it'll be cool and it'll feel very Hollywood and show busy and I'll hear a lot of nice things and it will be really nice but then it'll be given out to the world you know the the following week and it's not my business you know Mm. what what was my business was that I spent eight months with a great group of people making something I'm proud of. And I hope that we get to do it again and make another season of the show. But, you know, it's funny. It's like a kid. It's like a baby in the sense of like me and the other actors and our producers and writers and director, like we created this thing and it's ours and we're so proud of it. And then you give it to the world and it's no longer yours anymore. Yes. Own so how do you gauge something being successful? Like, how would you gauge this show being successful or not? Is it you being proud of your work that you did? Is it, you know, especially now with views and downloads, like, does that affect you? I wish I could say it didn't, but of course it does. Of course like, it does. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You want it to be successful. You want people to love it. But the only thing I had control of, and like, I've done plenty of stuff that I hate it. Like, mm-hmm. or at least I just was like, Ooh, that was a, that yeah, was a pretend it didn't happen. Wipe that from the IMDb. <laughs> IMDb never saw it. <laughs> there, there's definitely some jobs in there where I was like, well, that paid my rent for 2012. Totally. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you have to, if when you're doing it actually full time, you know, you can't always have like the craziest. Yeah. You can't, it's, it's hard to have a perfect track record when you're like a working sort of journeyman actor. Yeah. You you know, you're just trying to sustain and keep doing it and not eventually get your real estate license. (laughs) (laughs) Much love to realtors. (laughs) I think, yeah, I, I think that inevitably, um, we'll see what people think of it. And, you know, you sort of, you sort of go from there. If, if people don't love it, I'll lick my wounds for a week or two and then I'll be like, okay, what's next? Like yeah. when's my next audition? No, I love that. I think that's a healthy way to cope. Do I you think have if you any- were in denial, it wouldn't be good, but I think letting it soak and then moving on is the best thing to do. That's what I do with YouTube too. Speaking of auditions, do you have any crazy stories you can tell us? <laughs> Oh man. I mean, the thing about auditions for me is that I've been doing it since I was 10, like going like Oreo commercials with me and like 60 other, like chubby, like dark haired little boys. (laughs) (laughs) Some casting office for three hours in in Midtown, New York. Like, and then you walk in and they're like, okay, uh, Josh, just say your name for us. And I'm like, Josh Peck. And they're like, (laughs) and give us your height. And I'm like, five, one. 180 I know and uh <laughs> and they're like and you don't say mm, and you go mm, and they're like thank you <laughs> and so I'm so Theme. conditioned that it's just what I do but 
I remember specifically, I was going through because like, this is life and you're in your twenties and your thirties and you're still figuring it out. I remember I was going through like a year where I just wasn't working and it was like two or two and a half years ago. And it was like, I was just frustrated and in like just self-centered loathing, like, you know, where people can just smell it off you and yeah. they're like, oh, you're yeah. in a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was just, my ego was screaming out, like, don't you know who I am? Right. Yeah. Like, wow. yeah. And I remember I went into an audition for a pilot and it was a day where they were seeing many roles. So they were casting a young kid, like a 12 year old kid on the show. So there were three or four 12 year old kids on the show. <laughs> or in the audition waiting room. And I walk in and I sign my name and I see these kids look at me and they're like, what the hell is Josh Peck doing here? (laughs) And one of the kids comes up to me and he literally says to me, what are you doing here? (laughs) Like, kids are so ballsy. Past this? (laughs) (laughs) Your ego was already here and then it was just like, I gotta go. My Uber's here, I gotta leave. My Uber's (laughs) here. Oh my God. Kids have no filter, I swear. No filter. <laughs> and I was like, had I been in a better place, yeah. I would have laughed it off and been like, hey, I'm a working actor. This is what yeah. we do. Like, yeah. there's such a rare percentage of people who don't have to do this. And yeah, yeah. And I, I've gotten to do cool stuff and hopefully I'll do more cool stuff in the future. But I just remember being like, I'm here to audition. with your life it's gonna be rough (laughs) oh man that's hilarious oh my goodness I feel like whenever I talk to any of our friends I've personally never tried acting I think you know your strengths and your weaknesses and acting is not my strong suit and I'm fine with that but how did you realize that acting wasn't your strong suit sorry to interrupt oh no 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 one time um my friend or not my friend, my manager forced me to go to a five-hour acting class. I forget her name, but she's like some big like person in the acting world. And I show up and it was at YouTube space. It was with um, like a few other like really big YouTubers. I walk in, I was already nervous. I don't want to act, but I was forced to go. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in the chair. It's like five of us in a circle. And she's just like, um, did everyone like bring out, are they called sides? Are they sides? <laughs> the, the papers? Oh my God. The one, one of the few things I ever did, I called them slides this whole time. I was going to say, easy, (laughs) easy mix up. I like, she's like, everyone bring out your sides. I didn't know I was supposed to print them out. And everyone like pulls them out and I sit there like so nervous. She starts yelling at me and says, you're never going to make it in the acting world if you don't. And I was like, girl, I don't want to make it in the acting world. I am being forced to be here. And then we had to go around. And I will say the one thing that I learned is that there's high stakes and low stakes. I don't know what that means, but I remember she kept saying, that and um I completely bombed and I went home crying because I was so uncomfortable anyways oh as I was saying so many of our friends though like are trying to act and they always talk about all the auditions they go out for and they're just so obviously it it hurts their ego and I'm sure it's not fun to hear but they're so accustomed to just getting rejected yeah like I every time they're just like I didn't get this one I'm gonna go for the next I'm like I would be crying in my car for hours like oh. I did after my class. Yes. So as you've gotten older, do you feel like you've gotten more used to just, I, I feel like saying rejected is so mean, but like not getting the part and just moving on, moving on, moving on? Or was it harder for you when you were a kid, harder now? Just curious. Oh, I, yeah. After like 20 years, I've gotten somehow to a good place about rejection, but it's only because it's two things. The first thing is you prepare and you really prepare and you 
have a take on a character and you go in there and you show them your take on it. And that is literally at the top what you're capable of. Like if you did it to the best of your ability and you had like a, you made a clear choice, you weren't just like, I want to give them exactly what they want. You were like, I think this part would be best done like this. That's and cool. Yeah. And that's, that's really all you can do. Like the interpretation of also, it. Also, you have to realize that like a lot of people can play a role. Like mm. there's very few Hamlets or like, yeah. I don't, I don't know who's like, who or like um, Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. Yeah. Like, there's like, that's one of one. One person could do that character the way he did it. And it was Joaquin. But like, if you're playing like the romantic, you know, uh, the romantic <laughs> sweet chiropractor in a new freeform show, like, you know, like you could do it. And there might be five other guys who can do it. And yeah. then it's, it's like, so it's not that personal. And that's what you have to realize. Like it, then it becomes, if, if they have five people, it's like, well, this guy, I like his look or I like yeah. what this person, you know, you just, it's, um, I feel like there's just so many other factors. Yeah. There's so many other factors that go into, you know, a casting director's job versus just if you did it well, how, were there any, or can you count roughly how many, um, roles there were, where you were like devastated, you didn't get like, were there any, like, were there like one or two where you just remember really thinking you had it in the bag and it just didn't happen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have one where I don't know if I've ever told this story. I know I've told it in my personal life a lot, <laughs> but you guys are getting the exclusive. Ooh, I, it was, uh, I auditioned or I had a screen test with me and three other guys for the show, Mr. Robot with, um, okay. with Rami Malek um, oh. on USA. And I remember like I auditioned and the, you know, the feedback was incredible. And they're like, you know, you're going to go to the test. And for anyone who doesn't know what the test is, it's like you literally show up and it's you and, you know, the final two or three guys, you sign a contract as if you already have the job because they they don't want to be in a position where you get the job. And then all of a sudden you're like, I want a hundred million Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) So you literally sign, you sign a contract, you know how much you're going to get paid for possibly the next seven years of your life. Oh my God, that would stress me out. And I remember I auditioned and Rami was there and and who who I've known sort of in passing and and couldn't have been nicer. And and I just remember walking out and and thinking, it's not your part this time, Rami. (laughs) 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 Like... (laughs) And I waited two weeks to find out that inevitably it went to Rami, who's a genius, brilliant in the part. Of course, of and course. was made for that part and is, is so talented and a really nice guy. But I was like devastated. And the best part, <laughs> here was the best. So, you know, you audition for something, a pilot, like that means that it probably won't air for a year. Yeah. So I started seeing billboards for the show. They're oh, haunting no. me as I drive home. Of course, you're on Sunset and there's like 20. <laughs> I'm like thinking about what fried chicken I'm going to eat with Joe in his car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, looks like a pretty okay show. I'm like, we'll see. 
we'll see yeah. how it does. Yeah, yeah. And then it's huge. And then I'm like, yeah, but you know, who knows if it'll win any awards? Then he wins an Emmy. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, good for you, Robbie. Well, you know, I mean, an Emmy's great. It's not an Academy Award. And then the next year, he wins an Academy Award. <laughs> I was like, well done, sir. Really you won okay. this one. <laughs> You're crying into your fried chicken. That's it's so an emotional funny. mukbang for that the day. Is so funny. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> I mean, our story doesn't um match that, but we auditioned for this one show that we've never even talked about. Oh my god, I forgot. Did we not book that? No, literally, we were so we were like, we're so good. They loved us. It wasn't acting, it was more of like a reality-ish type thing. So like you're you you did not need your acting class. You know, I or anything forgot like that. about that. But Every day we were like, oh my God, we obviously got it. They're obviously going to call us back. And then just time and time, we never heard anything. We didn't get it. it <laughs> that was like a year ago. I, I forgot about that. I really thought we were going to book it. Too. Eventually, I think you just knew not to bring it up anymore yeah. to me. <laughs> oh my God. My wife and I auditioned for like some Netflix reality, like traveling show. So it was like... Oh. You like, you know, we would be the hosts and we'd go like, you know, try these cool. I wonder, is that the one Megan Batune just came out with? Oh, I have no idea, but it sounds fun. It sounds similar. (laughs) It was, I don't know, who knows, but like, and I just remember like we met with the casting director and, and we, we, you know, sort of recorded it. Basically the audition was us answering questions and trying to be charming. And when we didn't get it, we were so (laughs) devastated. We were like, wait, like. They don't like us. Yeah, that's yeah. how we felt. We were like, it was like a like a duo show. We're like, obviously, it's gonna be us, and we're like, we're amazing. Yeah. Uh, I have to go cry about that show. I forgot. I'm sure, especially as a couple too. You're like, wait, like, what do you mean? We're like, clearly we're the, the best. superior couple. Yeah, you're like, who's more compelling than us, babe? And apparently, it's a lot. There's a good amount. <laughs> Okay, well, I've been keeping all my Turner and Hooch questions in, but can I bring them up now, please? Okay, good. I watched the trailer. I, first of all, cannot wait. The first thing that came to mind, I was wondering, how is it like working with a dog? (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's a great question. I... Um, you know, it's funny. There's that old adage of like, don't work with kid actors or dogs. And like, yeah. I'm a kid actor, so I'm totally disqualified <laughs> from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to put people through hell at, at, at 10 years old. But working <laughs> with a dog is the best thing ever because it forces you to completely let go of whatever you rehearsed in the shower the night before uh-huh. and just be in the moment. And because yeah. like, they're never going to do exactly what you want them to do, but whatever wow. they do is perfect. Oh, that's, that's actually so really good advice <laughs> for humans too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just let go. That's so awesome. So, they, do they have like trainers, a bunch of trainers on set, just working? Are there two dogs? Do you have like a backup dog if something happens to the first dog? There's five. <gasps> There's five. They and they're all, all playing. There the was same? five. They had. They all lived in their own house with oh the trainers. God. I mean, it was probably like, uh, who could, it was probably like the real world dog edition. There. I can't, <laughs> yeah. can't even imagine. It was like Big Brother. Big Brother. Mastiffs. <laughs> and like, these dogs were so incredible. They each had their own special skills. So like, wow. Obi 
was our elder statesman dog. And he was just good at like sitting around and looking cute. Oh, and so when you hammer, oh he would pull my arm out of my socket because he pulled so hard. <laughs> or Mimi, our only um, female dog, who was literally so good at like picking things up with her mouth and jumping wow. really high. So each so of really them depends. had a special skill. That makes so Wait, much so sense. All five dogs are playing the same role. They just keep <laughs> yes. switching them out. Wow. That makes so much sense, though, because. I'm sure there's, you can't just wait on one dog to sit if it's not going to sit. So like having the different specialties and stuff, that's mind blowing. um, How was it, you know, working on such a huge, like Disney plus, like huge production? Yeah, it was, it it was wild. It it was funny. I remember them being so lovely and, and, you know, as, as sort of being the Turner of the Turner and Hooch, it was a lot of work and with the dogs and everything, it just was an intense, like, for eight months, we would just work 12 hour days nonstop. And the, the whole crew wow. worked, worked like crazy. And I remember them saying like, conserve your energy. Like, this is a marathon. Like, we're sorry. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, this is a nice setup we got here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of money around. The food is good. The air conditioning in my trailer works. Like <laughs> some indie movies where they were like, um, we can get you a nice coffee, but we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to have to have, we're going to have to ask permission to, to bring it to you because we only have three. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I've grown up doing like all these independent yeah. movies with no budget. Yeah. So like when you do something where you feel properly supported, I yeah. was like, Oh my God, this is, this is living over here. We're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you noticed that actually, did that actually really affect your, your acting ability? Like, were you able to like be super rested and like, like, you know what I mean? It's nice. Yeah. There's a certain level. Like, I think when you're doing something for eight months, it's, yeah, it's you really time. need that level of support. When you're doing an indie movie that you're shooting in 20 days, you're like, yeah. okay, like we're, we're all here because we believe in this script. Who cares if nobody's making any dough or we don't have anywhere to sit? Like, let's just sprint through this. And we'll suck it up because you could do anything for a month. But yeah. eight months would have been That's a long pushing it a little bit. But, you know, it's just it, it's crazy. The, the coolest part, one of the coolest parts was I'm playing a U.S. Marshal in the show, which is like, oh. you know, one of the oldest federal law enforcement agencies. And they're like the guys who, you know, chase like, you know, really chase bad guys. They protect judges. They do witness protection. And I actually got to go on ride-alongs in preparation <gasps> with real Stop. U.S. Marshals. Stop. That's How cool. was that? Dude, I just remember <laughs> that I was with my the, the, the deputy marshal I was with. His name was Frankie, and he couldn't have been a better dude. And we were there with, like, 10 other guys from different federal law enforcement agencies. So, like, the ATF, Homeland Security. And I remember we roll up on this house where they're, you know, looking for this guy. And he was in the house. And... They all faces right sort of get out of their cars and are walking up to this thing. And I'm about a block and a half away. Josh from Disney Plus with 10 U.S. <laughs> Marshals being like, I'm here if you need me, fellas. Like, if you, need, you. A, if you need some comedic relief, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I got yeah. your facts. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that would have been that doing that homework for the role was probably one of the coolest experiences. I mean, that's insane. Did they catch the guy? 
Yeah. <laughs> Most okay, importantly. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they got him. It was unbelievable. And like, I just remember just, I was like, don't make eye contact with the guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, <laughs> see you. Like, don't yeah. let him see you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That he probably amazing. would have thought it was like a prank show. Like, what's Josh Peck doing here? Am I prank? Yeah. yeah. Ashton yeah. Kutcher? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I was so excited. Obviously, I love you and all of your work, but I was also very excited to see Vanessa Lenji's in the trailer. Every every few weeks, I'll look up what happened to Sugar Mata. What happened to Sugar Mata on Google? I need to know. She was on Glee. She was also in Stick It. I think she's so cool. How was it working with just her and all your other co-stars? Vanessa is the best. First of all, can we talk about our mutual appreciation for Stick It? Because it's one of the best (laughs) movies ever made. You, she talks it's not about called it all gymnastics. the time. Sticks. I say that she doesn't understand. I say it all the time. It's so. It was so good. I don't understand why it didn't blow up. It's so good. Jeff Bridges, isn't it? It's I know. like. It's really. I, I. I. I hit her with so many questions while filming, but she's kind of the greatest, and she does such a great job um, playing Erica, who's kind of like my inadvertent love interest, and this incredible dog trainer on the show. Um, and I've known her since we were 16 and Lindsay Fonseca, who plays my sister, Laura, I've known her since we grew up in the same apartment building when we were 14, like, Oh my gosh, gosh. North Hollywood. So it was very much like, it just felt in that way that Lindsay and I and, and, and Vanessa were all like these journeyman actors who have been able to work a lot and just kind of go from job to job. And so when we all got brought together on this and I remember auditioning with them and doing like chemistry reads and just thinking like, how great would it be like to, to work with these people who I not only know, but respect And that's really what happened. That's amazing. I feel like it's, it's, (laughs) it always comes across on screen when that's the case. So I'm super excited. That's so cool. I feel like you can totally tell when actors hate each other. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Completely. I feel like I'm too gullible. I wish I could. <laughs> when I like, oh, uh, what was it? Fifty Shades of Grey. They like hated each other. I was like, I love it. And I looked it up. I was like, what? I was so sad. <laughs> so <laughs> that is really hard, especially when you're having to do those. Like I've had to do, I've had to do some love scenes before. And it's like, oh if you God. hate that, I mean, if there's not like a certain level of trust and intimacy yes. there, I could just imagine that's really the worst oh my god I mean if I go on a brand trip and I find out someone's going who I don't like click with I'll not I'll not go so I can't even imagine doing like a love scene with someone who I like, <laughs> don't like <laughs> I remember I did I did this movie called The Wackness um and it, it stars Ben Kingsley and Method Man and Mary Kate Olsen so <gasps> in me what a cast <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> And I remember I was 20, I was 20. So I just lost a lot of weight, a lot, a lot of weight. And I looked it. And, you know, I just sort of had the remnants of being really heavy. I hadn't really started working out yet. So I was totally insecure. And I had this love scene and where we're, we're outside and we're like me and the, this girl who I I'm utterly in love with played by Olivia Thoroughby. And we're starting to hook up. And I just was like, and you know, it's just like basically I had to have my shirt off. And I just remember her kind of taking me in and being so lovely about it. <laughs> like, oh, and I just wanted to be like, that. thank you for accepting me. 
in this moment. Like, thank you for being so cool and making me feel um, like not embarrassed. No, I feel like that. I feel like you're giving so many, so much good advice to aspiring actors because that's something that you're not really taught in acting class. I did like one acting class. Like it's very like, you know, this is how you do this and da da da. But when it comes to that trust with your other like co-stars and like, that's so important. And honestly, I think it really does make the biggest difference. We, I remember I had to, when the day of the scene, I, I, um, Olivia and I are about to walk to set and I was like, can I have a second? And she's like, sure. And I got down and banged out 50 (laughs) push-ups. Yes. And like literally with every push-up thinking I was like erasing like the last year of my life, like with each push-up being like, I just know that this is really going to even things out. (laughs) <laughs> I love that story so much though that's so so sweet um I want to know while you were filming Drake and Josh obviously so 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 iconic did you realize how iconic it was going to be while you guys were filming it and while you were creating everything uh, no and it wasn't a big show it's crazy that it is what it is today and and what it became over memes and and how quotable it became when we were doing it you have to remember like it was on nickelodeon and the audience was 12 year olds yeah or you know like a little bit older than that you know we shot the show from the time i was 14 till 19. so had it been a flash in the pan show like had it been big which it was it was very big for that time for sure but it was big to kids. So mm-hmm. you'd finish. And if, you know, at that time, if I'm 19 walking around, like no one, I mean, maybe mm. a few people would, would notice me on the street, but no one, no one really cared. And had the show been a flash in the pan and just kind of been another kid show, it would have had its moment and went away. Yeah. But the staying power is yes. kind of the, the craziest part. And I think, cause it's a family it, you know, the show is just, it's a very simple concept that everyone can identify, right? Because it's just yeah. family dynamics, like yeah. totally different brothers who are forced to get along and an evil little sister. <laughs> and and so now it's crazy. I mean, we're, we haven't filmed an episode for 15 years and yet wow. it's still, it's bigger today than it ever was. That's crazy. Do you feel like while you were filming as seasons were going on, was it picking up more and more traction or did it kind of stay consistent and then after just like blow up completely? It was such a different time because I don't know if you guys watch like Keenan and Kel and all that. And yes, I was obsessed. Like that, those are the shows I grew up with. And then those, it was like you did the shows, but it was before social media. And mm-hmm. so there just wasn't the fandom. And as soon as we were done was like the next generation of Hannah Montana and Lizzie McGuire. And, and, and it felt like that's when social media really started and it became, you just became more famous quickly. Yeah. The whole world would know about you. Whereas we were sort of living in this, this little bubble. I mean, don't get me wrong. People definitely watched it, Mm -hmm. but it's crazy to see what the show has become over time. Yeah, I think that's what's also so cool with your your fans and viewers, you know, growing up with you, where the legacy of your past, you know, work still lives on today for that reason, because everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's Josh Peck. Like, that's huge. 
it, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it means a lot. It means a lot to know. I remember I've had a couple like odd, you know, random experiences. I remember I was at a, in a coffee shop in Amsterdam when I was 21 and it was two in the morning and I was just there for coffee, obviously. (laughs) There's like this cool, like really uh, this like British kid in his early twenties. And he's like sitting at the end of the the coffee shop with a bunch of his friends. And he looks really sharp. He's like in some cool track suit. He's just very European and he's smoking like a gigantic spliff. And he's like staring at me. Oi. I know you. Uh, You're the funny fat one. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate that. And but I remember being like, oh my god! Like here, it's two a.m. in Amsterdam, and this kid knows the show. Like that's That's unbelievable. That's amazing. Um, Well, honestly, I get why you're so successful at what you do because you are so just amazing so sweet so humble down to earth um even if you do have your your meltdown in your 40s you know don't forget where you came from never um <laughs> thank <laughs> you thank guys you for so having me much. this has been the best i'm so glad i i just am such a fan of you both so I, thank I, you I'm, this has been I'm a true today. dream come true um let us know if you want to do a pretty basic uh, mukbang you know <gasps> next time sometime please, anytime please, please. Anytime, guys. You let me. I'm vaxxed. I'm ready to go. We are ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh my god. Well, guys, don't forget to follow Josh. Do you want to shout out all your socials and stuff? Uh, sure. Yeah. On uh, Twitter, it's it's Josh Peck, and on Instagram, it's at Peck. What about uh, Vine? <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. On Vine, it's a dead URL. It says, Oops, "Did you mean to come here?" <laughs> a little monkey. Literally, like, something went wrong. Something went wrong. <laughs> you um, But don't forget to uh, stream Turner and Hooch. You can see Josh in that. And thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. We'll Bye. talk to you guys next week. Bye.